Well, everybody, Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is July 25th, 2021, and on today's show, Max Raymond of District on Deck joins me to break down the Washington Nationals uh, getting swept by the Baltimore Orioles. But more importantly, we go through the Nationals players and say which ones we think should and will get traded here at the trade deadline. The Nationals are probably going to make some moves here. They're probably going to become sellers now that they're way far back, uh, eight games back in the division right now at this point in the season with just a few days to go until the trade deadline. So we go through the entire roster and talk which guys we think could be headed out, uh, where they might go, and what the Nationals should get in return. We hope you all enjoy the show. All right, we're laughing here because I'm losing my mind slowly. It's Josh Neighbors, your host here with Max Raymond of District, uh, District on Deck. Max, it's been a long week. The Nationals are doing horribly. And I also host the Locked on Big 12 podcast where Texas and Oklahoma have decided to up and leave and head for the SEC. So you can talk about uh, some, some really unfortunate situations I've been dealing with. I'm all over the place right now. Uh, but it is. I'm glad to talk to you. Hopefully, you can bring me some sanity because I need some. Man, I was hoping you would have the sanity, dude. After watching what just happened against the Marlins and then against the Orioles, I, I'm like, go, I'm about to go ball, dude. I've been grabbing my hair out during this entire weekend series, not having fun, no fun at all. It started that last Marlins game. You know, they they had a chance to sweep them, weren't able to take advantage of it. Brad Hand struggled there, and they just got swept by the Orioles. And I said that they needed the sweep to keep themselves in contention because I said, if you sweep the Orioles, chances are the Mets win at least one game and, you know, uh, one or two games. And you, so at that point you probably make up, you know, a game or two, you'd be five back and you can kind of see where you are as you head towards the trade deadline. Um, they get swept. They are now eight games back. Overall, the Washington Nationals blow up right now. The Nationals are 45 and 53. They are uh, eight games back of first place of the New York Mets, who just won today, uh, taking two of three from uh, the Blue Jays. And so the big questions were, were the Nationals move and make trades? And it felt like a few days ago, we were talking about them as buyers. Now they're definitely sellers. It's just weird how things can transpire. But I will say this, was not pleased. I felt like the effort might have been lacking a bit this weekend. They did not come out enthused against what has been a dreadful Baltimore team. Yeah, man. Um, you come into this weekend series seeing that John Means is pitching Sunday, but they have their boy Matt Harvey pitching yesterday. And I forgot uh, Harvey Lopez pitching the first game. So you have high expectations. You're like, all right, even if we don't sweep, we could take two or three. John Means is going to be a wash because he's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. And you have Scherzer that was supposed to go Saturday. So you're feeling comfortable. Paulo Espino has been. He's been really good for, like, what he is, a spot starter that shouldn't be here, but he is, so he's taking advantage. And you like your odds. You just took two or three from the Marlins. You were able to get some runs. You are able to make yourself feel better. Plus, they were coming off that nice win against the Padres. So you're like, all right, yeah, we have some work to do, but we can do it. And they struggled immediately out of the gate. Josh Bell scored first for the Nats in the first game, and they didn't have a lead again. I don't even know. I don't think they had another lead the rest of that series till today. So that's terrible. Yeah, they, they got off to a bad start in that in that game. Uh, you know, they lose six to one in the first game of the series, which was, you know, obviously hated to see it. Um, and, and everything kind of got bumped 
with uh, with Scherzer getting injured after that. But Patrick Corbin's been awful this year. He had another really bad start again. Uh, and, you know, they just fall behind due to that. The next game, I thought John Lester pitched okay uh, due to the circumstances. Like that, you know, just kind of getting shoved in there. He didn't really think that was going to happen. So, and I've been really hard on him. Five innings, three earned runs in that start for him. It's, you know, like that keeps – should keep a team in the, in the game, but they made Matt Harvey look like old Matt Harvey. And he really, you know, they could not uh, just seem to get any, you know, anything going against him. Only got one hit against him in the six innings that Matt Harvey pitched. And then you spring it forward to today. And I thought, you know, there was a moment there where Ryan Zimmerman hits a three run home run and you say, all right, you know, that is the biggest swing of the season. That's one of those moments where, you know, it could be an inflection point. Right. And, and, you know, you shouldn't use what singular moments, to give you pause about what you know about what to do, but uh, you know th- that could have been the difference between you know is it a, a full sell or a half sell? Or what, what are they going to do here? And then Brad Hand comes in, you know, with the lead in the ninth inning, a guy they paid a lot of money to to come in and uh, crap the bed again, blown same number four in the year. He takes the loss after that. Uh, bases loaded, he hit somebody. He then let's see, he was hit. He hit somebody. Damn gave up goal. a hit. He gave up a hit and then walk. Uh, fly ball scores a run, runner goes to third, and then hard hit ball to third base. Um, you know, in that situation, you wonder, Max, if they had kept the runner on first, could they have turned two? Now, I don't know if, if Carter Keyboom's instinct would have been to, to turn two on a hard hit ground ball. Maybe it would have been. But he goes home, second and third, and the, the throw is there, but just great base running by McKenna. He slides mm-hmm. in, the Orioles win the game. That's all she wrote. The Nats get swept, and I believe, as you and I are recording at 4.41 Eastern time, that uh, our good friend Mike Rizzo is probably on the phone right now as we speak. Yeah, so let me read you something, all right? This is for the three games this weekend. If game one, runners are scoring position, 0 for 8. Mm-hmm. Runners left on base, 7. Game two, runner, team, uh, runners in scoring position, 1 for 6. Runners left on base, 4. And then today, runners in scoring position, 1 for 9. Left. Players left on base, nine. Mm-hmm. Can, that's been our problem all season long. And then you do it against this pitching staff, yeah, you, you're dead in the water. Like, there's nothing you can do. You brought this on yourself. You had opportunities. You had bases loaded multiple times. You had leadoff doubles or two on, no out. And you're striking out on balls in the dirt. You're swinging at the first pitch. You're not working counts. You're doing everything you're not supposed to do, and you're not helping your cause. And then, yeah, as you said, because of the injuries that we've um, sustained, Tres Brer is thrusted in. He's been good at offensively, but he's not ready defensively. Right. Like he's shown it against the Padres. He let them steal all over him. He's like, he did that again today in the tag. Like it was a great slide. Maybe if Gomes is there because he's a veteran, he knows how to prevent that slide from happening. Brer did it, and the guy slid under the tag, and we lost. And, you know, we went through that quickly because the big story here is not the actual series. It's, I mean, the series itself is, but it's, it, it basically is the nail on the coffin. Of the, the national season in terms of being competitive is over. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's just, that is reality now. But, you know, to what you mentioned with, with Barrera, like, that is why oftentimes, you know, in catching situations, is a good example. Why do you sign Alex Avila as opposed to having a guy like Barrera come up? Because you know what? He's not quite ready because that is the, you know, shortstop is hard, right? But catcher is the hardest position on the baseball diamond because you have to do multiple things. One, you manage more than one, more, more often than not, more than one pitcher during a game, right? You have to know situations. You have to know 
certain hitters, what they like, what they don't like. You have to, you know, be in lockstep with your pitcher, make sure the signs are correct, play your position, field your position as well. And you have to do that on a daily basis, right? And, and, and good for him getting some experience of that. But that's why a guy like Henry Davis gets drafted right at the top. You know, mm-hmm. you want a guy who can uh, not only hit, but you want a guy who can run your pitching staff too. Adley that's Rushman. why, yeah, exactly. Rushman, right. That's why you draft guys like that there. Uh, and that's why guys like Alex Avila get brought in when you got a young guy like Jan uh, Trace Pereira behind him. You know why? Because he's a veteran who you can trust to do that. Maybe the offense isn't there, but, uh, you know, the ability isn't. Look, this is where we got to st- let's, let's move forward now to the, to the trade stuff. So you and I were going through it before. The, we'll get to Scherzer in a second. The position players that should be available. Jan Gomes is a catcher. Um, jo- uh, Josh Bell's there. I would, oh, no, I, no, would, no, no. I would hang on to him is what I'm saying. I know they don't want to trade Ryan Zimmerman, but that's a guy they should look at moving. That's definitely a guy they should look at moving. I don't as, know if anyone's going to be interested. Like, yeah, as a like- bench bat, as a bench bat, I think it's a guy who's been there and has had some big I, – I think he's got a little bit of value in that respect. Okay. I mean, because he's had so many big moments. I mean, that's a guy who can give you a little bit of first base just as an, as a bench bat. I mean, I think it makes sense. Now they probably wouldn't do him like that. They probably won't. So I would say it's off the table. Josh Harrison at second. God, I love that man so much. He is excellent. And not just second base, right? This is a guy who's played all over the diamond, wherever they need him. Uh, There's been a lot of inconsistencies in the nationals this year. One thing that's been consistent is Josh Harrison. He has been there for them. This is why Dave Martinez brought him in. They signed him after last year. He has earned everything that he has gotten. And uh, I think I hope that he gets a chance to play for a winning baseball team somewhere else. Cause I think he's earned that opportunity. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. He needs to be out of here. Like nothing against him. He's been amazing, dude. Uh, he's what third on the team in batting average. I have to check that because I know Turner and Soto lead the team in average. And I know Starlin Castro was in like 282 before he got pulled, but I think Harrison's like third or fourth in average. And I know average doesn't mean as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's putting up the RBIs. He's getting the hits. When he needs. Like, you need guys to get on base, especially in the playoffs. All right, say you don't want him to start. You pull him out, the pinch yeah. hit whenever. Got to hit six or seven for you. That's a great guy to have hitting six or seven for you. You can even put him at two. Like, he's going to yeah. get on base. He works counts. And as you said, he played left field. He played second. He played third. He had, like, a few winnings in center, a few winnings in right. Like, you could put him pretty much five, six positions on the diamond. That's versatility that teams need injuries ejection stuff you don't dude i think if dave martinez told him hey josh we need to we need to put the catcher's gear on today and go catch he said all right he'll say uh, where, where is it coach mm-hmm. yeah i mean he's he'd go ahead and he'd do that because he he's he's and you know this is the story of like baseball is like guys like he's 34 years old you know what i mean gets cut from a couple couple teams Nats pick him up in the covid year and he has earned this so so i i think it also he's going to earn the nationals somewhat of a uh, yeah. It should be a decent minor league players, you know, whatever it ends up being. Well, he, he said earlier in the season, he was like, yeah, everyone's surprised. I'm not. I was hurt. I just had to get healthy. I knew I could still hit. And he's proven it. Like he And durable at 34, which, which is crazy. I think um, this year yeah. he's probably out, not named Kyle Schwarber. He's been our best free agent acquisition in the last yeah. few years. So Yeah, cool. I mean, and he cost nothing, too. He, mm-hmm. he didn't cost very much at all. Um. Kyle Schwartz. So in terms of, in terms of position players, I think that's really it. It's, it's going to be Gomes and Josh Harrison in the infield, in the infield okay. part of it. Um, Gomes has a lot. I think his trade stocks can be high. He, when he got hurt, he was tied for the league league 
and runners thrown out. He's hitting like 260. He has the RBIs. He has the hits. He has a couple walk-offs already. Like he's the full package. Grand, you gotta the injury is what's gonna bring down his um return a little bit. But he's a perfect uh, catcher for uh, looking for a platoon for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And look, this is I mean, the, the job. The Sterling Cash situation is bad, and you know yes. I'm I hate to, I, I'm bringing this up for the team's perspective. Uh, you know it's unfortunate because that's another guy we definitely would have listed yeah. as an asset, right? I mean, hundred percent. So uh, you know, once again, that situation is bigger than the sport. But from a team perspective, I think it's worth mentioning that's an asset piece that they did lose. Um, one guy I think also to watch for. And the Mets did this with Billy McKinney, who they just signed off waivers, brought in, played well enough that they could have traded him and they got cash in a minor league. And here's the thing. The Nats are trying to build up the farm. So if somebody calls and asks and you can get a, you know, you can get just maybe a, a long shot guy to go in the minor leagues, right. And some cash, it's worth it for a guy like Escobar, right. Because he get, I mean, he's been excellent given the situation circumstances they brought him in. The fact they had to hit this guy, number one, every single day he's been here. Small sample size, but if somebody wants to make that call, you should go ahead and make that trade. I, I really do think I think that's that's something that I could foresee happening. Do you think it, that that's possible? I agree, and I don't like he started hot, and then he's had some long stretches, and like yeah, here and there he has some good hits. He's still reliable defensively, but I don't know how durable he's going to be. And the reason I say that is because he can't stop getting hit. And every time he's gotten hit the last few times, <laughs> I really like I, I've gotten scared for him. Like, yeah, he, yeah he's tough though. though. He's tough. I thought Good he broke man. his hand, then he got hit twice today. Like, right, wear him down after not playing since 2018. Like, that's something to actually right. keep an eye on. But I think there are definitely are some teams that need some depth in that middle infield spot. So that's that is a possibility. I just want to throw that out there. And once again, you're not getting any big haul for that. You're, but once yeah. you, if if the idea is to build minor league depth, that that would help you out in that situation. All right, last guy is Kyle Schwarber. He's really intriguing because the injury has, and I don't think anybody's worried about the injury. I mean, the injury is a worry because obviously he's hurt, but I think he's a guy that, that, you know, going to come back to that. The concern is, can he pick up where he left off? And also my thing is too, is that, uh, and I always talked about this with Soto being the case, like the benefit of having, you know, of having Schwarber, Turner, Soto back to back to back, that helps each other, right? The fact that Juan's got those two guys in front of him helps Juan. The fact that Trey's got those two guys in front and behind him helps Trey. And the fact for, for Schwarber, he's got those two guys behind him also helps too at certain points in the game. It may not be off the bat, but at certain points in the game, it does help. So situation matters, the injury matters, the contract matters. So this one to me, Max, is the one that could maybe net the Nationals the most from a position player perspective, but it's the trickiest to navigate because of all those factors. What would say you? So I think a team is going to take a risk on it because when he got hurt, he was at his peak, right? Mm-hmm. 25 homers. He's still second in the national league in homers and he's been out for a month, right? Just about that's impressive. And yeah, a team's going to be like, yeah, we're going to take a risk on Schwarber coming back, heating up. And maybe they believe that they have the guys in the lineup to protect them like one of those rosters like the brewers like they have some, the yeah. they have some guys like they could take a risk on him they, they would eat it like they the dodgers don't they have the perfect lineup for schwarber to like have the protection to like thrive off of right but maybe a team like the phillies might want to take a risk granted we're not going to trade in the division because yeah but the yeah. phillies would be another team that would thrive with schwarber in that type of lineup something to note kevin long 
he the second Schwarber signed Kevin Long met up with him in the offseason and they worked and they worked and they worked. Mm-hmm. He's one of the better hitting coaches. Not all so it really like he's gotten so used to Kevin Long. He's not going to be there anymore if he gets traded. You have to take that and Dave Martinez, who was who was mm-hmm. with him in Chicago too, who was a big believer in in and as it was a big believer in Schwarber and also a big believer in hitting him first. That's something that Dave Dave really was, you know, adamant about. Uh, and he made that change and it was it stuck to and it. I so. really do think teams are going to take him. They're going to put him back on the middle of the lineup. Like, oh, why lead him off when he could just rake? But that's the thing. That was like one of the changes that helped. I do think a team's going to take a risk and they're going to throw a really good prospect, not a top 100 prospect, but like a really decent prospect. And I hope for Schwarber's sake it works out. I don't know if it will, but I really think we're in the driver's seat with this because everyone, his trade stock is still high. Right. Guy was an all-star. Guy was an all-star. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for him, you hope it works out too, because obviously he took the, the two-year deal. It was a one-on-one the second year being a mutual option for $11 million. So betting on himself got good results. And then this injury happened, which was to be honest, like that was a freak injury, right? I mean, we've seen, and well, I wouldn't call him freak because it's Bryce Harper seen, 2017. We, I was, I was going to say, we've seen this a good amount where you see guys round the base, whatever it is. Adam and, Eden. Yeah. You see, you know, pitchers sometimes. I Robert Stock recently. Mets got hurt, got hurt running out of ball. So Nats first baseline is is just as bad as FedEx Field. Yeah, it's, it's FedEx. It's very FedEx Field ask, isn't it? With that, um, so Schwarber's. It's an and, and we're and once we're done talking about the players available, guys, we'll talk about what the Nationals need in terms of prospects, right? Where they should build. But the last guy we're gonna, well, the last uh, guy in the in the infield. Any anybody? Excuse me. Last guy in the fielding positions. Anybody besides Schwarber you see in the outfield that could maybe get traded? I don't think Parra has been good enough. Uh, Stevenson, I think they want to keep. And then, obviously, I don't think Robles is touchable. I think I'm, I like him so much on defense, Max, that I'm willing to say he's 24 years old. And if he can just become an average hitter, he's going to be a plus player for them. So I'm keeping Victor Robles because you've got, you've got him under control, too. I disagree with you, and here's why. I'm, I'm the same way with you. Mm-hmm. I think the coaching staff's given up on him. And if you've given up on a player, you're you're ready to trade him. They're platooning him with Parra. They're platooning him with Andrew Stevenson, right? He's not getting the reps that he had been getting in the past, even though he gives you gold glove defense. I think they're just tired of it. Granted, it had to do with they're trying to win now and they knew his bat wasn't helping. But if they'd already started, to, they're doing the same thing they did with Keyboom last year. Quick word from our sponsors here. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place to get all of your sports action needs. You go there today, betonline.ag. You can sign up. It is free. You can do it on your iPhone. You can do it on your uh, your Mac, your tablet, whatever it is. You can do it at betonline.ag. Then you use the promo code uh, Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. If you deposit 100 bucks. You get an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, they're your online sportsbook experts. And I think now, I think this last part of the season that we're really going to see him play a lot of stuff. Like, you know, if the sale happens, they're going to play him in center field. And it's like, all right, every day you're out there, time to do your thing. And, you know, maybe they end up actually hitting him first again, depending on who, mm-hmm. who gets traded, right? That's a real possibility. He could end yeah. up at the top of the lineup again. But there's uh, one more position player we have to talk about. Yeah. And that's Trey Turner. Yes. So this one, people, it's, it's, they can't, it's not going to happen. I, I really don't see it happening because here's, here's the thing is that somebody's going to have to come to the nationals with 
at least one top 50 prospect, at least one top 50 prospect. Because here's the thing, Max, beyond the numbers, and I know baseball people love the numbers, which are very good. I saw some stuff today. It was like basically comparable. You know, he's second to Tatis in a lot of categories. This guy was the everyday shortstop and leadoff hitter and a damn good one for a world championship winning team. The ring adds a little extra because you know this guy can deliver a ring. He can be part of a team that delivers a ring. That to me, and if, if Mike, you know, if anybody calls me, that's part of my evaluation of Trey Turner. Like you have to blow the doors off of me to get Trey Turner out of DC. Make me an offer I can't refuse because I'm willing to wait until next year and I'm willing to go to free agency with Trey Turner if, if I, you know, depending on where the team wants to go. But if I'm, if I kind of reading things correctly, they want to still be competitive because they're going to have guys under contract. We talked about it, the, the, the Strasburg and the Corbins, they're still under contract. So why not try to be competitive? Don't suck and pay guys a lot of money. It makes no sense at all. So if you're going to have to, you know, pay guys a lot, try to be somewhat competitive. Um, obviously, Juan Soto is still there too. I'm, I'm a huge believer in Trey Turner. I think he's an excellent, I think he's an excellent, excellent player. I think he's worth whatever, you know, well, we'll see what they want. Scott Boris client, but I, I do think Trey Turner right now is worth hanging on to unless somebody blows the doors off of you with an offer. So this morning you sent me a great article that we both had already read by Ken yeah. Rosenthal. Yeah. If you haven't read it in the athletic, I highly recommend it. Talking about what we're talking about. Trey Turner was touched on it. And what Ken Rosenthal said was he doesn't see the Nats doing it, but if the Nats even think there's a chance that Turner's not going to sign an extension, they need to start fielding offers. And I agreed with that. What about you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. If he's not going to resign, then sure. But, but now that's always a big part of this is that you, you mm-hmm. need to have a good field. And so the whole goal at that point is to cash out, right? That's, that's, that's your big contract is right there at 30. So if he's smart, he's going to hit the market and he's going to take as much as he can, as opposed to maybe negotiating an extension with the Nats next year. Um, you know, and, and see what he get. I'm saying that this is my big payday, right? This is this is what I'm supposed to get paid. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the Scott Boris approach, I should say, and go to free agency and do it. I'm just I think we should resign him though. I think they should resign. I, I think we should resign him too, but they don't resign position players, and it's just like, well, they're about to have. To, they should. Re, there's two of them. They should resign. Uh, yeah, but we've been saying that since Bryce Harper. Like the only yeah. position player they've ever resigned is Ryan Zero. You know, I don't look. I was never, I was never for the re-signing uh, of Bryce Harper, just because I, I think, like I've said this a bunch, he's a great player, but I really do think all the value for him, a lot of it's in the marketing uh, of Bryce Harper, right? I mean, how many Harper T-shirts do you see? It you still see the Harper T-shirts at Nats games. I still own one. Yeah, and and you and you see him. I mean, you go to a Phillies game. You know, uh, there's a lot of Bryce Harper, right? A lot of Bryce Harper. So I think a lot of the value that was that was there for that. And I'm, I'm they won a World Series afterwards. Obviously, they made the right kind of call. But another another one where they maybe didn't make the right call was Rendon in letting him walk. I think and, they made the right call. But, well, here's the problem, though, is that people will look at it and say, you signed Strasburg instead, and it's not working out, obviously. Neither of those have actually worked out. I think everybody they, lost. Oh, yeah, no. There was a – no one knew it, but, like, yeah, they those injuries, Rendon's on IL for the third time this year. Strasburg's thrown 21.2 innings this year, 26 total since re-signing. Like, you don't, you don't see it coming. You could have guessed this was going to happen to Strasburg. Rendon at times had been injured, but, like, yeah. I'm still more upset we didn't re-sign Bryce Harper and Rendon because, one, Harper always wanted to stay here. 
Rendon, I'm still convinced he didn't want to stay. Like, he just never gave that inkling. Parker, well, you know, Rendon was always just his demeanor is his, I guess you could call it even at this position. He's just, he's a different kind of cat. You know, he kind of looks like he just, he get baseball, he could take it or leave it, you know, and, and that's, that's something. And also, I was talking about this earlier today, but franchises always have uh, favoritism towards guys they drafted, right? And that's why it's like this, this was our crown jewel, Steven Strasburg, in terms of draft, drafting. Here he is now, peak of his powers, dominating in a World Series. The right call is to re-sign him. That's what, that's, that, to me, is why they went that way. I had no uh, problem re-signing him. I was mad when they gave him $60, 70000000 million more than what was projected. Right. There was no way he should have made 245 Right. Yeah. And from one guy who maybe shouldn't have made it to a guy who, who should have, who was worth every penny, uh, Max Scherzer now on the pitching side of things. This is a guy they, they have to move. Uh, it's the right time to do it. It's the right thing to do. Um, you know, Max, I think, obviously wanted to finish out here. Uh, that guy gives everything he's got every single time. He didn't have to throw a pitch this year. or Actually, he didn't throw a pitch last year. And every single dollar the Nats paid him would still have been worth it because he's been a horse for them since day one, but he's having an excellent season. And uh, he was scratched due to whatever it was, tricep tightness, I think it was the actual, was a party right, line that he right, got during. Right. Mild right tricep. During BP, which Max seems to always get hurt Winning. during BP. Mm-hmm. Uh, black eyes and tricep. But he always you know, is better when he gets hurt during BP. True, true. So I guess this is a boosting his trade value even further. But yes, end of his deal. And uh, plenty of teams are going to be in on Max Scherzer. I didn't think this one would happen, but also – I didn't think the Nats would bottom out and crater like this. So Scherzer's available. They should make they should make a move to, to send him somewhere, uh, Max. But you know it's it's tough for all of us to say. But this is the this is the number one move that has to happen. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's gonna suck after all he means to the city, to his team. He is top three best free agent signings in DC sports. And you can make an argument. He's one of the, he's one of the best in baseball history. You can make, yeah. Baseball history. I was going to say, you make the argument for sports history. Like it's just unheard of for a guy to live up to a 200 plus million dollar contract like that. And then at some point be like, wow, he's underpaid. Yeah. You could, you could actually, yes, you could definitely argue that. Um, And the fact that 36, he still got what he's got. You know, I I was, I was of the mind the last couple of seasons if they were full seasons, I thought if Strasburg and Scherzer were healthy, that there would be a point where you, you would see the overtake, right? One guy gets older, one guy's in his prime, maybe not a massive drop off, but no, Max is Max, you know, besides the outing against the, uh, against the uh, Padres in San Diego, right? I mean, you know, where he gives up a grand slam to a, to a guy, you know, a, 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 a opposing reliever, you know, he's been excellent. He's been excellent. And even the, the thing about Max, uh, you know, Max, Max, I'm talking to you, is the fact that, like, when he doesn't have his best stuff, it never usually fully gets away from him, right? You can think of a handful of occasions. That guy just battles even when he's not at his best, right? He, he'll, he'll grind through five innings and throw 106 pitches but only give up two or three runs on his, on his you know, not his best day. That's really valuable to me as well. His last two starts both came against the Padres. One, he gave up a grand slam. The other, he gave – we were up 4 nothing, and then he gave up the lead. But, like, that's just a super talented offense. And, yes, yeah. he's not been the same since Spider-Tech. Yes, we all know it. 
but it's not been a drop off. He's still striking out people. He's like top five in the league right now with strikeouts and he's missed time. So that's insane. His strikeout numbers are still that good. And yeah, he, he just brings yeah. something to your team. His energy, his emotion, the way he fist pumps, the way he yells into his glove anytime he misses a pitch by half an inch that he's mad at himself. That fires players up. It fires up the crowd. It brings something that not that most players don't have. He has that it factor that you pay extra for, that you gave an extra prospect for, and that's going to help replenish this farm system. But, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, he's going to give more to the, you know he's going to give a lot to the Nationals, uh, you know, in that way than maybe more than he gave in the field this year, right? You know what I mean? I mean, he, he might, I mean, he might be the gift that keeps on giving to this to this mm-hmm. franchise in that sense. So. You know, in in this year too, it, like, you know, with now facing the the idea of trading, it makes you think back to the the World Series. This is a guy that everybody knew must have been an excruciating pain if he missed a game to pitch, right? And he said he couldn't like barely walk, couldn't even move his arm yeah. above his head. And what does he do? He goes out the next game and still pitches and gives them a. I mean, two, was it, uh, two games, yeah. two games, yeah, yeah, and goes out there and still, I mean, pitches his ass off, and. Um, and you knew he was, it must've been an immense pain when he did it too. So the guy's a champ, he's a champion. He's one of the best and he's still got a lot left to give. So I'd like to see him get, get to go somewhere. Once again, once again, another one of those guys, uh, go somewhere and empty the tank, a lot of potential destinations for him. Uh, I know the Rays had talked about it, but that doesn't really seem like a raise yeah, move. I know yeah. the locked on Rays guys have floated that idea. I don't, sorry guys. I don't think it fits. They the won't franchise. pay the money because they just traded rich Hill just to cut payroll so they could afford Nelson Cruz, right? So who are you going to trade, uh, get rid of after Scherzer to keep the, make the money work? Like, right, right exactly. So I, I, you know, it's, Charlie, they definitely, they definitely need some starting pitching in that rotation. Yeah, Charlie Morgan um, had a $50 sure. million dollar option. And they, they declined it because they said that was too much money. They're not going right. to pick up the rest of Scherzer's 35 million. It's just not going to happen. One more break in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and check out all of their available flavors. They have something for everybody, I promise. They're at BuiltBar.com, so go check that out. Ch- coconut, cherry barchia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate are the flavors available today. Go to BuiltBar.com once again to check all that out and more. If you order today, you'll get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever else you like there at uh, at builtbar.com. Once again, use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at builtbar.com. Obviously, the Yankees are involved. The issue for the Yankees being they lack, like, because uh, here's the thing: it's a rental, so it's they're not going to get a top ten prospect in baseball. You know what I mean? They're they're get a top hundred prospect. They yes, and the Yankees are not parting ways with Jason Dominguez. I don't think anytime soon. So who are the guys? Who is who are the Yankees willing to part ways with in order to get Max Scherzer? Do they have the capital to do it? No. The, the Yankees they ruined everyone that had trade value. Glaber Torres' trade value has stunk. Same with Miguel Andahar. Same with Clint Frazier. Like the young guys that they had that they thought they could build around that people didn't tell them to trade for the last few years, they didn't. And now that they're ready to trade them, they have no value. Like, uh, who, who else is in the Yankees farm? But well, at that pitching uh, process, that guy Florida, Oswaldo, Oswaldo, I forget his uh, last like name. He's like Florio or something like that. I doubt they're ready to trade him because they need pitching. Like, right. And that kind of shows you, you know, about, 
like the situation there is. I mean, they, you know, like they're going to probably have to trade some of the guys who are on their roster to actually make mm-hmm. like a couple of deals, right? And the Yankees are in the same page as us. They, did you see them? They're lost today. Yes, disastrous. So they, Domingo Herman had a no hitter through seven innings. You're up four nothing. Your starters of no hitter. He blow, loses the no hitter. They pull him. The bullpen gives up five runs in the eighth inning, and you lose eight to four. You're not contending. That that loss is on par with the David Bodie Grand Slam 2018. That's that season-ending loss right there. If the Yankees overcome it, great. I don't think they will. They're not a team that should acquire Scherzer because they're not going to compete this year. Yeah, they. You know, well, here's the thing though. It's crazy for them. They're still only four games back right now in the wild card uh, today. And look, they're the New York Yankees, so. You know, they're going to try to make some pushes. Honestly, though, you know, for them, and we'll get to these guys in a second, they should probably actually go for more relief pitching than they should actually for a, yes. for a, for a starter, a high-end starter at this point in time. The Brewers, I saw, were a potential landing spot. But, um, you know, I, I you know, they think this is their year to make a push. You could argue that maybe because they play in the Central, it could be some smoke and mirrors, right, the, the, their success, because that division isn't particularly super strong. Right. All of those teams last year were really average. All of those teams this year, like the Cubs and the Breds and the uh, and the Cardinals, are all really average. I believe in the Brewers because I'm look what they did against the Dodgers and the Padres. Like they went toe to toe, and I think they have a winning record against them. They're currently kicking the crap out of the White Sox. But the big key is, can you do it in the playoffs? Because the the vibe changes there. I agree, but that's the vibe. The vibe definitely changes. Yes, yes. and Max Scherzer with. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and um, Freddie Peralta. Yeah, yes, please sign me up. That's an uber rotation right there. Right, and so the national, you know, the, you know, the Nationals, it's probably a, a place they could could look. Let me I'm trying to think where else. Oh, I got um, a few teams for you. What? Yeah, um, Dodgers are always Dodgers are always lurking. They can use pitching. So it was just on top of my head. You use it. Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, the, the hometown. He's the hometown kid, right? Exactly. This is this something that's been kicked around a bunch. Lucas Smith of uh, Lockdown Cardinals. He and I always talk. Funny enough, Max, actually, Lucas Smith, uh, Lockdown Cardinals guy, hit me up today and said, "What would it take to get a Trey Turner trade done?" And obviously, Gorman. Gorman. Was, I was like, it starts with Gorman. That's where it starts. And he's like, "Damn!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah don't if it's if he ain't on there, don't call. Don't even don't even pick up the phone." And if you don't even want off the Gorman, there. I better hear Matthew with the door. Right. Well, I mean, no. If, if it's not Gorman, don't pick up the phone. Don't don't even pick up the phone. You want to do it if Libertor was the front. If team. it was, if 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 they gave both, I'd pull the trigger. I mean, yeah, that, I'd do both. Yeah, Trey's that good. Where he he would demand both. He would de- oh, I, like. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he would demand at least both those guys. So, um, he's that good of a player. I mean, it's it's that's that's the thing to me. And I but, and Gorman's the real deal. Like, I get why the Cardinals fans said Dan, but like, he, he have to like. Right. Now, the thing that's interesting about this is that so Turner's also a guy that you can trade for. And it's not like you're you're not like you're taking a big risk because you still have control for one more year, right? You still mm-hmm. have Trey Turner under uh, contract for one more year. So even if the Cardinals did it, you know, as a move to try to preempt themselves getting better this offseason or make one more push this offseason, you still have him there next season, right? And then you're gonna throw out Goldschmidt, yeah. you're gonna throw out Arenado. And, and Arenado, like that's the best thing in baseball right so that's why it might be worth their while to actually actually do the trade but but the parting the cardinals pride themselves i think as an organization that is a great organization right bringing the guys up bringing them up to the next level max for them doesn't make enough sense i don't think they're competitive enough right now to go get max scherzer 
I just don't think that team's good enough. And I don't know if Max Scherzer every fifth day, second half of the season at that price tag is and what they're going to have to give up in the prospects department is worth it for that. I just think I I'm convinced if a big name player gets traded to the Cardinals, they always extend. And that's why I think they would do it because they would be convinced that they can extend them. Hometown kid. Yeah, that makes sense. With Wainwright and a few of their other guys you got, and you're going to be pitching to uh, Yachty, like, and you got Arenado, you got the bats. You know, if, if you sign Scherzer, you know team, that's going to attract other players. And it's St. Right. Louis. It's always one of the most attractive baseball destinations. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, I don't love – I'm not a huge St. Louis as, as a city guy. No, uh, as, but as baseball, the players, like, yes. yeah. Yes, it's, great. it's a great franchise. Out West, I mean, look, if the – the Giants aren't spending a, a lot of money. So if the Giants wanted to pull the trigger on this, they could do it. You know I actually think they're fine with their pitching right now. Their pitching's been so. Oh, I agree. Right but um, if I'm the Giants, dude, and with Buster Posey's resurgence, you start floating Joey Bart, not for Scherzer, but just in general, you start floating Joey Bart. See what you can get. Like, yeah, he's the future. But if Buster Posey's playing the way he is right now, when you don't expect it, you take advantage. Yeah, I just think Buster Posey. I mean, I see him in person this year, and, and, and you know, he's been so good. I'm worried about him in the coming years, man. It looks like he's getting down towards the end of it, but he's still been. Still a great hitter. He belongs to the American League, right? I mean, he'd be, you know, he could play until he's 40 if he wanted to, if he went to the AL uh, with the way he's been hitting. Um, yeah, I think the Giants are an interesting destination. The Padres are interested. I've heard yeah. that. Padres, you know, for them, the big key is that's rental, right? They just, they aren't going to have yeah. the cash when it comes down to it after that. Unless they, they want to spend uh, like a trillion dollars in luxury tax. Instead because of record, they right? still have what's-his-face on the IL is coming back next year. That Mike Clevenger. There we go, Clevenger. Um, I mean, maybe they want to float Mackenzie Gore because he's been terrible this year in AAA. You want to take advantage of his um, mm-hmm. luster before that wears off because he was a very but high. They value guy. him so much, though. I know I mean, they that's, do. that's the big question. And that's why it's hard to trade guys like Max. You know, this is the funny thing. You and I are going through this right now, but like it's, it's more like we're finding reasons for teams not to not make to. these trades than um, they actually are. Um, in the American League, you know, and this is the thing. You and I follow the national stuff. We follow baseball as a whole. But when you're this dialed into a team like we are, it's a bit harder to understand, like, what teams in the American League need what. You know what I mean? Like, I always say this. The AL West is a division that I do not pretend to know a lot about because their games are on late and they're in the opposite league from the team that I cover. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult. I'm trying to think of teams in the AL that might go for, you know, if, if, if Seattle wants to – Seattle wants to – yeah – the Astros pitching has been really good, but it's been a surprise. So yeah. I think maybe they'd be more apt to do it because I said, we've seen this guy in the postseason. We know what he brings. Mm-hmm. A few it it. days ago, the Astros said they were interested. Everyone ignored it. But Fangraphs wrote an article a few days ago with proposed trades. They had one for the uh, Nats and Scherzer and Astros. Did you see it? No, I did not. All right, so let me read this to you. Uh, you send them Max Scherzer. In return, we would receive Jeremy Pena, Corey Lee and Fraudis Nova. My apologies if I mispronounce the name. That is the Astros' fourth, fifth, and sixth ranked prospects, perspective, respectively. I'd be into it. I'd be into it. You know, once once again, they sending multiple multiple guys, mm-hmm. from a, especially three top ten in one farm system. Yeah, I would definitely take that. And I think the Astros um, look windows are finite. You know what I mean uh, for, for teams and yeah, especially you theirs. Know, Sometimes you might, you might, they might say, Hey, look, we still think this is a great group. We have a lot of chances, but the Mets thought that in 2015 and they only went to the, you know, they went to the playoffs twice and didn't go back. And the Astros know that Granky isn't getting younger. They know 
they might not have Correa next year. They know they're getting closer to right for Bregman and for um, Gurriel and Altuve. And they know they don't know what Verlander is going to be when they come back. This is their last best chance. And you have to the, the last two times they did stuff like that, they went to the World Series. Acquired Verlander in 17, acquired Granky in 19. This they think if they have a chance, you take that opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And so the, the, the options there, there's a lot of them. I even think the Red Sox have been so impressive, but the Red Sox pitching, like you still look at the names. And if I'm the Red Sox, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, they, like, I was going to float that into you also. Do you tr- I mean, do you trust Nick Pavetta in a playoff game? You know what I mean? And, and look, I love my guy Tanner Houck. He's new to the, he's new to the, the league. Uh, I think he's going to be good for them. But this is a team in the Red Sox that did not think they would be at this point right where they are right now. Well, their offense has been so killer. Their, their pitching has been good enough. Their, their bullpen has been really good, I, I, I think. And, the, you know, this is a position for them. But I mean, maybe grabbing one more guy like that is going to help put you over the top potentially. Boston has some intriguing prospects if they want to float. They always I, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is a team that they're not as strong as the, thir- the 18 team, but they're playing like that 2018 team. Right. And you team him up with a returning Chris Sale. I mean, I don't think they will be able to net Josiah Gray, but they have – or not Josiah Gray, sorry, Jeter Downs. Downs. yeah. But um, they have some other guys that are intriguing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Boston, yeah, I mean, you have Pavetta. I'm trying to think who else is that. Garrett Richards is on in the rotation. Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Nathan Evaldi. Evaldi. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like – and those guys, those guys have pitched well. But they don't who, have the, like here's the thing is you're stat like this is why the Nationals pitching paid off for them, right? When we're stacking dudes up in the playoffs, he's going against him, he's going against him, he's going against him. That matters, right? Mm-hmm. Sending sending Strasburg and Scherzer out in those last two games, that freaking mattered so much, right? And and having those guys go out there, you know, that's you have to do that. You know, that's the, the pitching for the uh last year, you know, the pitching was the big difference, I thought, for the for the Dodgers in the playoffs was as how good they were. Uh, from that standpoint, I, offense was great and well-rounded, but like having dudes that mattered for the Nats, you know, it's mattered for a bunch of pitching staffs for them. It's, it is what matters. And so I, I think it might be worth it for them to go in and make that move to kind of make a statement there uh, about that. Trying to think uh, AL central, you know, is there any team there that we want to make that? I mean, the White, the White Sox, Sox are, are all killer, no filler right now. I think they feel pretty good about their pitching staff. Right. I mean, also, you know, Something to keep an eye about the White Sox. I, I'm a big fan of this team. They're not good against teams with winning records. Hmm. They do need another – adding Scherzer will definitely help that. And if you look at it, they, they since they're so young, they don't have the playoff experience. Like, yeah, Lucas Giolito pitched in the classroom last year, and then um, Vance Lynn has a little bit of experience. You need a guy that can navigate the playoffs and help the younger guys and tell them what to look for and help out Garrett Groshe. I just think they like their pitching enough where they wouldn't give up anything to make this move. You know, I I think they like their pitching a lot. I mean, they've, you know, they've got, because they've got a bunch of guys, you know, Gilito, Keiko and, and Rodon and Lynn. I mean, Keiko has the playoff experience, but that's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, you know, what do you, yeah. So they're kind of an in-between spot because this will be a huge move for them, a huge risk, but do you Mm -hmm. want to give up? Uh, for a team that's made its money off of being patient, right? Do you say now's the time, right? Do you, do you go for it? Because, the, I mean, the White Sox, I know a bunch of White Sox fans, and let's be clear, they are a team that has waited their turn to be good. They're, they really did wait their turn. To they're be good. in the same position we were when we made that out of meeting trade. Hmm. 
Yeah, this, that, it, it could be the move that puts them over the top, right? You might be right. They've been. You said the White Sox fans have been waiting. They've won in 2005. It's not like they had to wait. Well, no, but I'm, I mean, White Sox fans our age. You know what I mean? Okay, so, that you know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah so yeah, a lot of guys. 10, so, so, yeah. so going to Missouri, you know, I lot, knew a lot of guys who were uh, who were White Sox fans because a lot of kids from Chicago go there. So the guys who are my age, you know, and, and a little bit younger, you know, kids who are in their early 20s now, 05 for them was when they were five, six yeah. years old. So they have memories, but it's just, it's beginning, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. early memories for them when they when they did win that championship. Um, okay. All right, so we've talked a lot about Scherzer. Other pitcher we should mention, Joe Ross should be available. He's shown some great spurts. He's a guy who can give people uh, enough in the back. And I think his time in D.C. is kind of coming to the end. It, it, I think a situation change would be good for him. I think a, a change of scenery would be really good for Joe Ross. I agree. I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else. Like, we're just doing starters right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, if Eric Fetty didn't have his injury, I would have floated his name out because yeah. he was amazing in June. Like, his last outing was very promising. Granted, it was the Marlins, but, like, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. That. Marlins have good hitters. Like, Starling Marte's over there. They have, they have some good hit. They have some boppers. Jose Aguilar, or hey, right. Jesus Aguilar. He's a, yeah. uh, Duvall, like, yeah. Yeah, Adam Duvall sucks, but it somehow leads the league, you know, is, is up there in the league in RBIs. Yeah, it's He's, crazy. Yeah, like, it makes sense. So, Eric Fetty was able to shut them down. I think he gave up one earned run, right? Yeah. I would say maybe it's the White Sox could be on a guy like Ross or Fetty, right? You know, a guy mm-hmm. that's kind of round out the rotation in a way. Maybe they yeah. could think – they know that they've been in the bullpen before. They could – Right. Some, like the Dodgers, that. too. Joe Ross. I think Joe Ross made a lot of sense. The Dodgers with the amount of pitching injuries they've had this year. I think he can make sense. That's why Scherzer makes sense with Dodgers because they don't yeah. have Bauer anymore. Right. Putting a premier guy in that spot would make sense to the Dodgers, too, yeah. Um, all right, let's go relievers. So the two guys that have to be there, it's Brad Hand and it's Daniel Hudson. Those two guys. Yeah. Um, now, Brad Hand really doing the Nationals a lot of favors today by blowing it and last his last outing. But as I say in, in relief pitching, uh, sometimes the change of scenery for these guys, just they become lights out. I mean, how many times do you see a guy not pitch, you know. Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson is horrible one place. Blake Trinan, right? Uh, Drew Storen. The number of guys who are one place one year, one place the next, you know, and, and it just absolutely changes who they are. Uh, Greg Holland, whenever he comes Greg, to DC. Greg Holland, right? Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, mm-hmm. the, Kansas City. <laughs> Right. You know, and then his time with the Nationals, not good at all. Right. So there's so many of these guys. Brad Hand, to me, though, his value is entrenched in the fact that he's a lefty. Being left handed is really is always such an advantage to have a guy, also a guy with closing experience and a guy with we know the talent level of Brad Hand. So I think he's valuable because also too having another lefty, you know, not, not just having to throw a bunch of righties, being able to go righty, lefty, lefty, you know, have a guy you can bring in a, a certain spot too. That matters a lot to, to change up looks that you give and also to, to, you know, to play matchups as well. Um, we've seen the Nats this year, right? A team that's just had to use Sam Clay as a guy mm-hmm. to face some lefties, not, not always working out for you. Having premier left-handed pitching is really big. So that's why he's an asset the 26- despite his struggles. The 2016 Cleveland Indians and the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers broke broke the mold by showing how important it is to have multiple closers. Hmm. Andrew Miller and uh, was his name Cody Allen? Yeah, Cody Allen. He's good, yeah. Two closers. They led that bullpen all the way World Series. You had Josh Hader. You had Kimbrel or not Kimbrel? Sorry. Um, He's on the Dodgers now. They had that reliever that they uh, they got hurt. They had Joe Kim Soria. They had Jeremy Jeffers. They had four dudes with closer experience. Right. And it worked. 
Brad Hand, yeah, he has a few blown saves. Yeah, his FIP doesn't defend his ERA. Still has 20 saves. Right. Uh, you need closer experience in the playoffs. He has closing experience. He has. And if you don't want him as a closer, you can use him as a lefty yeah. to face certain guys, you know? Yeah, you just don't. Plus, the save doesn't always come in the ninth inning. No, Sometimes no. The save's going to be no. the seventh inning. And also, eight. you work, like, here's the thing is, having a closer, closer, sure, it matters sometimes, but you work backwards in the playoffs normally, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's how Cleveland won is, well, who do we go to? It's Andrew Miller time, right? You you basically, it's not like we've got our seven, eight, nine. In some situations it is, but it's, if you're playing certain teams, like, you know, the Dodgers or the Padres, you're going to play matchups more than, than you're going to be like, here's our seventh inning guy, right? No. What guy gives me the best chance against their murderous lineup is what you're going to do. Look at the Dodgers last year. They had so many guys that with closer experience that they would just throw it throw at him in the and stop like the threats like against the Braves like but and, like and who ended up being their best guy in the bullpen Julio Urias right not yes. a guy that you think of but th- that was what worked so they went to it and Brad Hands mm-hmm. is just another option so high value there's a lot of destinations for him right but it's about getting some good return on that uh in that kind of trade but his teammate has the best value and that's Daniel Hudson yes his another value. strong year for Mr. Hudson and also too he's He's closed out a World Series, right? He's, he's gotten a World Series victory for this. He hates match. closing, but he, he hates closing. Really Don't tell anybody. But he's he needs really to stop good doing it. it. Why will he? Why, look, it's like, Daniel, you're like, here, here's your check, all right? You're going to pitch where I say you pitch. No. And it's fine. How about that? I, okay, I know that's not how it works, but like, I wish the world was more like that. I, pitchers are so particular, right? You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you're a reliever. You should pitch wherever I need you. Also, I feel like saying that you don't, you don't like being closer is almost admitting that you don't like pressure, but that's besides the point. But he's been excellent this year. He's been excellent. Most people say that and they don't, but Daniel Hudson is really good in, in uh Yes, he's been pressure. He's usually really good under pressure, too, when there's guys on base. He usually works out of it pretty fine. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he got five outs today. Like, he did, good. he did great. He was able to navigate the O's and keep us in the game. Um, and, yeah, like 2019 – Granted, we didn't have that many relief options to use, but Hudson and Doolittle, when used, like they show why having two closers are so crucial. One would come in in like the fifth or sixth inning if a starter couldn't go long, and they they were able to just navigate through it. Daniel Hudson will have a list of endless suitors because, yeah, he can close, but also he's just a money eighth inning guy. You need a, a great setup guy. He can do that. Say you have your closers hurt or already pitched three days in a row. Bam, you got Daniel Hudson for the, the ninth inning. Yeah, and it, and it just sucks the Nationals kind of going back. They brought in three big money guys, Will Harris, Daniel Hudson, and Brad Hand, uh, all at different times, albeit. But still, the fact that we really never even got to see that that big three even come to fruition, did we? I mean, we didn't, no. you know, because of the injuries. Injuries to uh... – Harris. Will Harris, yeah, it really, it really did them in in that perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I think those guys are the ones who are the easiest to move, right? The easiest because people always need relief pitching, and the, you know because their contract situation. So that, that's that's good. Um, the one they have to move, I think, is Max Scherzer because the value they'll get for him, and th- then the rest of it we'll see. I mean, there are going to be a couple guys that we've listed. Obviously, I think it's hard to trade all of them, right? It's it's hard to make moves to trade all of those guys, but. They need to make a couple. Uh, Prospects-wise, what do you think the Nationals should look for? Because um, you say talent. Doesn't matter, just talent. Just anybody who's got ability, right? That's, is, that, is that what you're looking for? We should not be picky. Like, I mean, yeah, 
look at our farm system. Brady House hasn't signed yet, right? So you got Kate Cavalli. Uh, Jackson Rutledge is battling injuries right now. He got rocked in his last outing, but he still has a lot of promise. Yeah, uh, I'm still on Cole him. Henry, Cole Henry like he's a lot. hurt right now, but he has a lot of promise. You got and Tuna, probably not going to see for a little while. I, I, Garcia and Kiboom are sh- like Kiboom start like I'm still really high on Kiboom. He looked good today, even though he didn't get a hit. Like he was going. Yeah, so they're gonna. So he's got a lot of low leverage spots. So the rest of the year, he's gonna get a lot of low leverage situations to, to see what he can do. Also, a guy that's gonna be ca- called up, especially if they trade Josh Harrison. Um, it's time for Luis Garcia to get called up. I, I yeah. think there may he have been, been some. Homer today. Yeah, he he has been awesome, and once again, this is a great time if they sell because he's gonna get some major league reps. The infield was the issue last year, uh, but the bat already at his age. It's going to play. And mm-hmm. the, what were people talking about last year? Where's the power? Where's the power? Well, he's 20 There's years old. Where it's, you know, he'll, but we'll see him when he's 25 years old. Get back to me then. He'll look, he'll look fine when he's 25 years old, 23 years old, you know? So just give it some time there. I would say outfield probably too. It's a place you're going to definitely need to look, right? Sure, you got one and you got Victor, but that left field spot's been a, a rotating door and sure you can get a free agency, but you can never have enough outfield depth. Catcher. Uh, Catcher, yes. Catcher's a place. Yeah, you're gonna have to get younger at catcher, right? Barrera, obviously uh, they like and they have there, but they've got that looks good, but it's a small sample size. Small sample size. And so, you know, um Israel Pineda is the other guy that they got who is a 21-year-old catcher. But you you know how catching prospects, it's such a difficult uh way. And Jackson Reitz, we've seen some yeah. at the major league level. But yeah, catching definitely outfield though, because you always see how valuable those guys are. You know, uh outfield is one of those positions where you're just it's it is the most it's the one that demands the most from you in terms of length athletically right you want to be the best athlete if you're playing shortstop but what what demands the most from you from an athletic standpoint on a consistent basis in a game the outfield because you're running more than anybody else and you got, you have to stop and then go stop and then go so it's position where you see a lot of guys get hurt obviously dangerous with the wall and whatnot see a lot of guys you know take injuries out there so I think outfielding depth is another place because they we've seen them go um, they've had to dig deep. For their outfielding depth this year, you know, with guys like Yadiel Hernandez and then guys, obviously Andrew Stevenson, they want there, but Gerardo Parra, right? Bring him back, uh, you know, guy who's almost out of the league, right? And you see other places, uh, you know, have a lot better outfields uh, with, with more options out there. The Nationals, I think that's where I'd go for to outfielding kind of um, depth. Would you say that's that's fair? I think part of the reason our outfield problems have occurred is because they've given up or traded the wrong pieces over the years. I'm still upset we shipped out Brian Goodwin, hmm. and he's doing really well for the White Sox. Michael Taylor is another guy that he needed a change of scenery, but he's doing okay for Kansas City. But because of players like that, like we're stunted our own off- outfield like development. Right. So, I think middle infield are good. Obviously, you've got Garcia. I think he's going to be second base. First base, I never worry about because you can usually just chuck people there. You know, that's I like to kind of leave that open and kind of figure it out. And also, they got Josh Bell right now. So, you know, that's that's the situation there. Third base, if you don't want to give up on Keyboom, that's fine. They need to figure out some more solutions for that um, to me. So, infielding depth. I think the plan – look, I've seen the stuff about House. He wants to play shortstop. It's a big he's kid done. with a good arm. He needs to play third, in my opinion. I think that's that feels. I know he wants to try shortstop, but man, if, if they can get him at third base and some reps there, I mean, it, it works out because that's that's what they need more. I mean, to be honest with you, that's 
what they need because Garcia is ahead of um, he's ahead of of, um, of of House obviously in that depth. And if they lose Trey, either they get somebody else or I think they move Garcia over there and give that a try for it. I think they put House because House is gonna be a little bit behind. So you know, yeah. Back to the outfield, one guy I'm yeah. excited about, but he is very young is. Dalen Lilly, who we just signed, our second-round pick. Yeah. He is going to be like Garcia, that he needs to develop power. But he was already rated as one of the top high school hitters in class. I believe he was named high school player of the year twice. Like, he, he's going to bring a lot of energy and a lot of athleticism to the outfield. And if he does grow into average power, but, yeah, he's a good four years away. But that is someone to keep in your back of your mind for the future. Right. The Nationals need to build the farm system. It's just it's the way it is. They've got two top 100 guys. It's both Cavalli and Rutledge. None of those guys are position players. And um, while the Nats have to continue to develop starting pitching, which they desperately want to do, uh, the key for them right now is to keep building what's in the field because it feels like the, the field is, is where that – the offensive struggles, I think, of what kept them back this year. Uh, it, it feels like the in spots, pitching is really bad, but um, the, the field is where I think they have to get, get better and grow stronger and build that lineup, which is weird because this team usually built off pitching. But I think that's what they have to focus right now because they're kind of putting too many pieces together. And so they can build a core. I feel like they've got a better shot. So yeah, that's kind of where they're at. This took a long time to do Max because there's so many guys that they should move, but there's such a short time to do it. So you have to say one guy, who do you think is most likely to get moved? Most likely. Yes. Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson. I'm I'm with you on that too. Either him and Brad Hand are like in a tie. Relievers are gold trade deadline out of everybody that we mentioned who do you think most likely stays i think it's jan gomes because he's injured i think it's scherzer and i think it's because the front office is going to pull a 2018 and veto a trade i don't think also, i believe he can veto his own trades too because of his yeah, service five to ten rights. yeah. yeah five to ten, ten to five so rights, can, my bad. yeah ten to five so he can veto any trade as well so yeah I think they do eventually move him. Maybe it's the 11th hour. Maybe it's, you know, whatever happens, somebody makes the right move, but uh, gives them the right package. But I think they do eventually move him. I think Gomes stays. I do think Schwarber stays too, because I think all the moving parts make it a bit more challenging to move him. Um, and the right price, you know, how do, how do teams value him versus how the nationals value him is going to be the decider in that as well. Uh, because I think different people might have different views of Max, uh, of, of uh, Kyle Schwarber. So, all right. Max Raymond, I appreciate your time. Thank you for talking a long time today, uh, but I enjoyed it, my friend. Thanks for having me on again, man. And um, next time we plug talk, your stuff, we... plug all your things, plug plug your various outlets. But the next time we stuff. talk, I know this team will look very different. Yeah, we hope so. All right, so follow us on Twitter, Dish on Deck. We tweet about the Nats all the time, especially with the deadline coming up. It's going to be very active, very exciting. Follow me on Twitter at Maximum Raymond if you want to just talk about DC sports in general. Once again, thanks for having me back, man. Yes, it was a pleasure. Uh, All right, I'll talk to you next time. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.